0: Doing great. Just getting in the car,
1: starting it up exactly like we're starting up the podcast.
0: SEC West champs. And listen, you might have heard this game, if you were listening correctly, through Sonos Speakers. Sonos is bringing you this podcast today. want to give a quick shout out to Sonos Speakers because they are awesome. So go check them out, S-O-N-O-S dot com. All right, Jimmy, that was one of the wildest, weirdest Craziest, nuttiest games that I've ever watched Alabama play. There was big play after big play. Um, I, it was both m- infuriating and awe inspiring. It was, it had everything. Um, I felt like, uh, what was the guy on Saturday Night Live that used to do, you know, this new club in New York has everything. It's got gay
1: polar bears and, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, what was his name? Whoa. Not going to name? that club. Not going to that club. Polar Bears are dangerous. Big time.
0: Uh, I I can't remember his name. It doesn't matter. Um, but that game was just insanity uh, on a football field. But it was a ton of fun to watch. Bryce Young, we should all bow before our new overlord. 560 yards, essentially, five touchdowns, no picks. Um, he set every record you can set. When it comes to Alabama uh, passing in one game, um, he was magnificent. Of course, because college football is wonky this year, his odds actually fall a little bit in the uh, in the Heisman race, but that's okay. Uh, I think he's going to have his opportunity in the next couple of weeks to certainly make things happen, and we are the SEC West champs, so let's start with the good news. But there's also a lot of uh, uh-oh news to report.
1: And by uh oh news, you're referring to like uh, Dan Mullen being fired and stuff like that?
0: I'm referring to our defense, which. Oh, that.
1: Yeah, that. which
0: couldn't stop Arkansas from doing much of anything.
1: Yeah, uh, it wasn't a great performance defensively at all. But now that I've had, you know, the 24 hours to reflect, you don't have to change too much. And all of a sudden it was. Uh, and. and you sound like such a a, a a fan to say that, and, and I'll, I'll get on another rant shortly about another subject about this, uh, nearly on on the same lines. But you know, I I don't like the analysis that starts out with change five or six plays and you're changing the whole game. But but the fact is sometimes that's that's true. Uh, 80 yards or or 70 plus yards of their offense and a score came on an illegal play. I mean. Traylon Burks, who is a fantastic football player, quite frankly, is is the third best player on that field behind Will Anderson and Bryce Young. Uh, Burks pushed off. He pushed off. That should have been offensive interference. I thought it live. I thought it on the replay on the Jumbotron. And now that I've seen it on TV multiple times, he pushed off. The ball was thrown through the middle of the field and underthrown, and his only route to the ball was to shove Josh Joe out of the way so he could go get it, and that is a push-off and his offensive pass interference, and it should have been called. So take away 70 yards. Now we've held them to well under 400 and only 21 points. Okay? Seven more of their points came on a fake punt. And while I don't think we defended it that great, and I'm not sure the referee really had a ton to do with it. There was no question that the referee basically, as as Saban put it, rubbed off Helms, meaning that the referee set a pick, and Helms, who had responsibility for that particular wide receiver, couldn't get to him because the referee was in the way. And, again, that was scored on special teams. So take the push-off that wasn't called away, and that's seven points. uh, Account the fake punt to, A, bad luck, and B, special teams. And we held them to under 400 yards and 14 points, which would have been pretty good. So, you know, there are are some some nits to pick, and I'm not saying we played great otherwise. I'm just saying you don't have to change too much, and it really wasn't that bad. Now, there is some bad, and I would start with K.J. Jefferson's stat line. K.J. is a good player, and he's one of your better players dual threat quarterbacks you know in the south uh because he can certainly run it and he can throw it okay but if you look at KJ Jefferson's stat line it's just too good we made him look too good that was one of his best stat lines of the season and a, a an opposing quarterback should never play his best game against Alabama and now our defense has allowed quarterbacks to do that two or three times this year and that's what's sort of outrageous to me but I feel a little bit better about the defensive performance today than I did yesterday.
0: I think those are fair gripes, certainly. I also think it's kind of smart of Arkansas to to design a play. Oh, oh my gosh. I think you need to stop and give somebody the Heimlich or something.
1: (laughs) We'll just let it ride. Okay. Uh, Anywho,
0: I I think that it's kind of smart of Arkansas to use the official who is a part of the playing field uh, in every sport. If you can use the official to pick your man, I'll also say this, it, the official came very close to disrupting Jameson Williams' route on the last touchdown, too, and it, it's just yep. part of the field. Um, that's just one of those things. But um, having said all that, the, the push-off, I thought, was quite evident. I also thought they didn't get the playoff in time. Uh, Gary Danielson tried to explain it away in a very dumb Gary Danielson way, but that's okay, and again, those things happen. Those things just happened. Luckily, it didn't cost us a game. Uh, you know, they missed some calls on us two. There was the – I thought I that the Arkansas players scored, and it was irrelevant, um, but I thought the Arkansas players scored when they uh, had the long pass. Um, they called him down at the one or whatever. So I was kind of glad Arkansas got in anyway because I felt like that's kind of stupid to overturn that. They're, they're getting to a point in some of these overturns where, like, I'm having a hard time understanding how they come to that conclusion.
1: Yeah, I, I'm – I'm I'm perpetua- I'm a fan like everybody else. I'm, I'm perpetually frustrated with officials. But for Arkansas's athletic director, in, in particular, to complain about the officiating in a way that made it sound like the the, the referees stole the game from them, uh, I would argue the referees stole the game from us being a blowout. Uh, and had they called the game straight up and never missed a call, Alabama blows them out uh and and they they don't win the game they don't even come close to winning the game and again uh, and Burks pushed off more than once by the way uh and and Arkansas got away with a, with a couple of those uh and, and yeah the replays I don't there is no, there needs to be like a congressional investigation whenever the official on the field gets the call right and then they overturn it to the wrong call in the booth now, I'm not saying that that happened yesterday, but I've seen it happen this season and in more than just Alabama game where the replay official is who gets it wrong, not the official on the field. And that's outrageous. Like, you got to be kidding me. There's no way that we allow, we invented the replay system to, to do that. So there, there needs to be some sort of overhaul. Uh, I, I'll never think that officials are biased. I'll just always believe they're incompetent uh, and and too many times that there is incompetence and miscalls. just like players make mistakes too. Players make mistakes and the officials make mistakes. Uh, It's just frustrating when the officials do it. And Luke, I'm telling you that this is coming from two miles away and it's going to frustrate the hell out of me. Okay, this is what's coming. So everybody get get mad two weeks in advance. But two weeks from now, Alabama is going to play Georgia. And there is going to be a narrative in that game that the SEC officials are there to help Alabama because the SEC is going to make a shit ton of money when two SEC teams are in the playoffs. And it's money for everybody, including Sankey, including the, the schools, including the athletic directors and the coaches and the players. And the officials get paid more because the SEC is the richest league. And the conspiracy theorists will be putting on their aluminum foil hats and connecting wires to them, to their transistor radios. Uh, It's going to be conspiracy theory week with that. And the second an official's call goes Alabama's way, there will be an outcry. But what everybody just needs to understand is, no, the officials are just incompetent. They're not good at their jobs. That's why there will be bad calls, and, and they're just as likely to benefit Georgia, frankly. But, oof, you you can see this coming from a long ways away.
0: Jimmy, I'm right there with you, and let me go ahead and say this, that um, what we're going to do here today is, because I'm in New York City with the family, and um, I'm New on York a very tight City. schedule. New York City? They don't even make salsa. But anyway, um, I'm <laughs> going to... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do these couple of live reads and then Jimmy is going to uh do a couple of segments on his own, which I will uh insert into this podcast. And tomorrow we'll just do the best we can do again. So I apologize for the uh makeshift, jerry-rigged way we're having to do this thing, but that's the way it's gonna be. But for now I want to tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is a leader in the college sports daily fantasy industry. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players with Power Five as well as the mid-majors and players you might not have even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. So if you took the over on uh, Bryce Young yesterday, you won on Prize Picks. Let me just put it that way. Use promo code locked on, you'll get a hundred percent welcome bonus. Uh it, up to $100. So if you put in 100, you get $200 to play with. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast, fast withdrawals. Use promo code LOCKEDON for that 100% welcome bonus up to $100. Also want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, nutritious, delicious bar on the planet. It is awesome. Go to Built.com, check them out. You can't beat them with a stick. Jimmy and I eat them all the time. I need to eat some in New York while I'm here, eating a lot of pasta and stuff like that instead, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to uh, eat New York food while I'm here and then get back on Built Bar when I get home. But for now, I uh, want to tell you guys go to built.com, you try these built bars, use promo code locked on. You will get a uh, discount as they also help with that cough, that nasty cough in the background. <laughs> built Bar will help with that. I can't guarantee that, but yeah, I'm hoping it will. True. Go to Built go to try these delicious, nutritious built bars. They're covered in chocolate. You can't beat them. I'm out in the hallway cutting this library. There are people walking by me. You can hear them. But this is what you have to do sometimes when you're a committed podcaster. That's the way it works. So for now, Jimmy, these next two segments are up to you.
1: This is Jimmy Stein unlocked on, on Bama. As Luke just explained, uh, this will just be me on my own. And I do have a five-minute uh, rant of sorts. Uh, it's addressing something a lot of us have said, and I've said it myself. I'm not picking on anyone. It's just I see this more and more frequently said, and I think it's said as a compliment. And I think we say these things because they're factually true. But I, I, I hope we can all stop saying this. That I'm about to, to, to <laughs> uh, I'm about to, uh, to to pull the curtain back and tell you what I'm talking about. I hope we can all stop saying this soon because. While I think we mean it as a compliment to these guys, and we mean it as a way to describe what our team is like this year, it's so uh, misleading, misleading. And this is what I'm talking about. How many times have you guys seen tweeted or posted or said by your friends or heard on talk radio, you hear this, this statement, where would we be without Bryce? Or the second most popular one, where would we be without Will Anderson? And sometimes you see a where would we be without Jamison Williams? And those things are true. We are highly dependent on th- that small handful of players. I can't recall a Sabin team that has been more highly dependent on such a small group of guys. Uh, you know, and I think what we're saying when we say that is, you know, sometimes we we believe that our starting 22 has been better than this particular starting 22, and I would agree with that. I, I, I agree. This isn't a team that I would rank near the very top of the of the Saban dynasty teams when you're looking at the whole starting 22. So I get that, but this is sort of my point about where would we be without Bryce or Will or Jameson as if we owe. Uh, every win to those guys. Uh, Number one point is this. I would project as many as 11 starters on offense and defense combined. 11 will make first or second team all SEC. That will be the most in the league along with Georgia. So it's not just those three guys. It's mostly those three guys, but we do have eight other literal all-stars on the team. So it's a little inaccurate to to, to say, oh, it's just these guys, because there are, like I said, eight other guys who will literally be certified all-stars. But this is also a fact of team sports when it's a team. There's always going to be best players on the team. It's a little bit of a stretch, but it's also true to say, where would the 1927 New York Yankees be without Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig? Yeah, they probably wouldn't still be talked about as the 27 Yankees, which is kind of the go-to of like, what's the greatest Major League Baseball team of all time? It's the 27 Yankees. Okay, how many guys out there listening to this, how many folks out there, uh, how many of you baseball encyclopedias listen to this, name the third player on the 27 Yankees? Who was the third best player? You can't, because all we remember is Ruth and Gehrig, because they're literally two of the top ten players to ever play the sport, It's okay that Bryce Young is transcendent. You know Bryce may end up being statistically and otherwise the best quarterback's ever played at Alabama. Will Anderson, I was saying this before the season started, and it's just been proven true. Will Anderson is the best defensive player to play football at Alabama since Derek Thomas, and, and that I, I believe that to be true. And I think Will may be the first pick in the draft in April twenty twenty three, the first Alabama player to ever ever do so or be so. Uh, they are transcendent players. Jameson Williams is a fantastic wide receiver. Yes, he drops the ball too much. And yes, there's a fumble here and there. But in terms of explosiveness and making the big play, Jamison's up there alongside the Devontes, the Waddles, the Judy's. In terms of his production, he's already well over a thousand yards with a whole nother game to play. So yeah, these are transcendent talents. They're the best players on the team. And yeah, we would be in trouble if all three of those guys were injured. But I don't like the connotation that all that we have is due to them. Every team has their best players. The Atlanta Braves just won the World Series. Would they have done it without, let's take three guys off that team. Do they do it without Freddie Freeman, Austin Riley, and, and, uh, and, and Max Freed? Take those three guys off the team. Did the Braves win the World Series? Do they even get to the playoffs without Freeman, Albies, and Dansby Swanson? Do they even get there? No, probably not. What you know, the Buffalo Bills may be the best team in the NFL. Would they be without Josh Allen? What if the Cardinals didn't have Kyler Murray? Would they be a playoff team? So, look, everybody has their best players. Will Bryce and Jamison are Alabama's three best players. But instead of the where would we be without them, let's fast forward to twenty twenty two, and let's go ahead and say it again: Where would we be without Bryce Young? Where would we be without Will Anderson? Where would we be without? You know, fill in the blank, Kool-Aid McKinstry. Maybe he's the third best player on the team next year. I don't know. So let's just uh, appreciate this team because it is a good team. Three guys don't comprise the number three ranked team in the country as the AP poll says we are today. I think the coaches' poll still might have us at two. Uh, I expect to be third in the playoff rankings on Tuesday uh, behind Ohio State, who's, who's just on fire. But anyway, that's my rant about those guys. I'll be back with something else shortly. And then there were eight. Jimmy Stein on the Locked on Bama podcast. After Saturday's games that saw Alabama defeat Arkansas by seven measly points, uh, there were some other outcomes that were very interesting to the playoff race, including Utah boat racing Oregon last night, not only knocking Oregon, out of the uh, playoff field, but uh, boy, that was bad. I mean, for a team competing for a national championship, they they lay, they laid an egg earlier in the day. Clemson gave Wake Forest its second loss. You know, I don't think Wake Forest was ever really in this, but had they won the ACC with only one loss, they'd have had a playoff argument. But but Clemson took care of that. So those two were out, and then thirdly, Ohio State completely blew out Michigan State knocking them out of the playoff field and Ohio State certified themselves as the hottest team probably in college football right now I expect them to be second in the playoff poll Tuesday night uh, which is fine and well deserved and and Alabama will fall to third again I think it's more of a nod to Ohio State than having to do anything with Alabama's uh, close win over Arkansas. Uh, And it doesn't really matter. If you're in the top four, you're in the top four. There certainly is no difference between being number two and number three because guess what? In the playoff, number two plays number three. So whether you're second or third, it it literally doesn't matter one single bit. Uh, But anyway, uh, we have two more weekends of games. Look, now there's eight. And by eight, I mean this. There are eight teams that I see with a legitimate chance to make the playoff, only eight. Uh, and, And those eight teams are undefeated Cincinnati, um, I don't believe that they belong in the playoff myself based on their schedule and, and who they've beat. Uh, I, I just don't, I, I'm not, I'm not going to believe it. Even if they finish undefeated and beat a good Houston team in their conference championship game, I won't believe they're in the top four, but I also believe they're going to make the top four because the public is sort of demanding it. So Cincinnati, uh, Notre Dame is another team that's definitely in, in playoff contention with only one loss. It looks like they will finish 11 and one, um, uh, little outrageous that they don't have to play in a conference championship game like everyone else. Uh, To use Alabama as an extreme example, for Alabama most likely to get in the field, uh, we have an extra game, and that extra game is against the number one team in the country. And if we lose it, we probably get kicked out of the playoff, while Notre Dame is at home eating nachos on their couch. We have to play an extra game against Georgia and and get knocked out of the playoff, and that's that's not really fair. Uh, I will say Notre Dame's schedule is fairly tough. I mean, they, they don't play a layup schedule. That would infuriate me even more. But, you know, their schedule's not bad. This year's a little weaker than other years. But that's because of how the season played out. I mean, normally some of these teams that Notre Dame played are, are very good. But th- but this year, most of the teams that they, they schedule annually just, just weren't very good. And not necessarily their fault. But, but Notre Dame's definitely uh, a contender. Uh, two Big 12 teams, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, just have one loss. Uh, They're both in the playoff field, potentially. Um, I do think that, well, obviously they play each other in the game known as Bedlam. Uh, Bedlam is next uh, Saturday night. Uh, The loser of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, the loser of Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, will not make the playoffs, obviously. So whoever loses Bedlam, uh, you can count them out. Uh, and then the winner of that will go forward. So there will be soon. There will be seven. And then you look at Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, Ohio State and Michigan uh, both have one loss. Both are, you know, contestants in the playoff field for now. Uh, they play against each other next week, much like bedlam. So the loser of Ohio State Michigan will be out, uh, and then there will be six. Um, the only other playoff uh, contenders left are Georgia and Alabama. Georgia's in. Period. The only way Georgia. Uh, doesn't make the playoff is if they lose to Georgia Tech, uh, the team that just lost to Notre Dame 55 to nothing. Uh, Georgia Tech's not going to be Georgia. So, so Georgia is in. They could lose to Alabama by 11 gazillion touchdowns, and they will not be in the playoff field. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, mean, I mean, they will. What I mean is Alabama could win that game by a lot of points. But Georgia's not falling out. Uh, if, if Georgia beats Georgia Tech, and we all know they will, Georgia is in. You can go ahead and put them in the playoff field and pin right now. They're just in. Uh, and then that leaves Alabama. Uh, two paths for Alabama to get in the playoff. The obvious one, beat Georgia. Uh, if Alabama beats Georgia, I think, my opinion, they will jump from three to one, and they will be the number one seed uh, in the playoff. Uh, if Alabama beats Georgia and there's SEC champs at 12 and one, They'll be the number one seed, uh, and everybody will be mad, but it'll be a fact. Uh, Alabama will deserve to be the number one team if they have the best record amongst the power five teams, uh, including a win over consensus number one, Georgia. So Alabama will be in. The more controversial or more discussed uh, path would be, what if Alabama loses to Georgia? Could they still get in? Uh, History says no. There has never been a two-loss team make the playoff. And it's ridiculous to predict, uh, history being made. Uh, those that predict things like that all the time are broke. Uh, yeah, every now and then you'll hit on it and, and, and win the lottery. But, uh, most of the time you just bet on math and history and math and history say, if you have two losses, you're not in the field. So if Alabama loses to Georgia, I don't expect them to be in the field. However, as I pointed out, the loser of Bedlam, they're out. The loser of Michigan-Ohio State, they're out. That only leaves six contestants, and there's four spots. There need only be two upsets on championship Saturday, and Alabama could conceivably get in the playoff, even with two losses. Uh, Cincinnati would likely have to lose to Houston. And secondly, I would uh, predict that uh, the loser of Bedlam, the loser of Oklahoma, Oklahoma state would, would lose, uh, would have to lose in the big 12 title game, uh, for that to happen. So it is conceivable that Alabama could lose a second game, uh, to Georgia if it's close and still make the playoff. If there are two upsets on championship Saturday among those six teams that would be remaining in the field. So that's how Alabama stands, uh, even after the uh, performance against Arkansas, and it's Iron Bowl week. So uh, stay tuned to Locked On Bama uh, all week long, and we will be breaking down Alabama and Auburn. We know Auburn well. As you guys know, Luke is, uh, is quite Auburn-obsessed, and we've been talking about Auburn pretty much for uh, 13 or 14 weeks, and uh, we'll continue to do so. So thanks for listening, guys.